Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. You found the place where we talk horses. I'm your host, John Hare. On a previous show, I talked to Patty Carter, Director of Judges for the AQHA. Today, I share an interview with Bill Inc., Director of Judges for the NRCHA. A lifelong horseman at 77, Bill has a wealth of experience in the horse show world. He's judged horses almost all his life. He's been a judge at the AQHA World Show many times, and he judged Road to the Horse. Even if you don't show, what Bill has to say about horsemanship is important to anyone who rides. I caught up to Bill while he was at the Snafflebit Futurity in Texas. Here's Bill Inc. on the Woe Podcast. So we're, we're speaking with Bill Inc., Inc. There's a lot of German last names that have E-N-K within them. And my, when my ancestors came over, they must have just taken the E-N-K out and used it. But it's short and sweet, and it's, a, it's, it's been good for me because there isn't a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. kind of an unusual name. Yeah, it is, yeah. Or you're living in Paso Robles, but you're at the... Snafflebit Futurity in Texas now, right? I am, as we speak. I'm I'm the director of judges for the National Rain Cow Horse. It's a it's an honorable position. I've had it since 2003. Wow. We're real proud of our judging system. Our judges are the way it's going. It's been just on a. It's the the cow horse industry uh, has just been on a, a great wave, a rising wave for the last few years. And people want to know why it's going so well. You know, we've had good leadership. We've got a good young core of trainers and horses and and our judging program seems to be it's helpful because it, without fair judging, you know, you don't have that kind of growth. So I take a little bit, I think a little bit of credit and I, I, I lay the credit over to the judges and the open-minded and that we've had. So it, it's It's going well. And where do you think that growth is coming from? What part of the horse industry is moving to the rain cow horse? Is it pre- predominantly women? Is it Cowboys that were no. ropers, or where does that come from? It, it's all things. You know, with our discipline, it's so difficult to do two to three things. You know, you either do a rain work and a cow work, or you do a herd. Like here, you do the herd work, the rain work, and the cow work. And it's difficult to do that. It's time-consuming. And yet these horses, when you get done training them they're so usable they're usable for all disciplines you can rope on them you can you don't have to protect them as much as you do a single like a reining horse you can't go to the ranch usually and do ranch work on them you can't do that you can't go to a sorting and sort on them you can't go to the roping and rope on them they're just they're strictly a one discipline type horse same with a cutting horse Mm -hmm. and so people that want to use horses and enjoy horses and ride them outside and do things like that trail ride, whatever you can do all those things on these horses. And so it's opened up that mark, that, that whole 
era, era, and then they get excited about because their horse watches a cow, so then they want to go see how they compare with the rest <laughs> of their friends and, and stuff like that, you know. Right. So the main thing, or one of the things that I like is everybody's attitude is so open to, they don't protect their knowledge. They give it freely. Our trainers are, give knowledge to each other freely, which is unusual. Most of the time, other disciplines are a little more protective uh, private yeah they protect they protect their knowledge because if they if they they feel that if they give too much knowledge to their competitor that he'll beat them but here you the main thing that keeps everything even is the cow so you got to draw the cow and work him to win so you can give all the knowledge you want if you don't get if you don't draw uh, one of the you know a good cow to that allows you to do well you can't win anyway. So, so that keeps the playing field really level to, to newcomers or whatever. If you do your job and you're going to get a fair shake and between the three events that we have, like here, it, you never know who's going to win, even when it comes down to the finals and you're leading the pack after the herd work and the rain work, it, it, it's not over till the fence work is over. Yeah. so that allows everybody a chance, you know, and people want a chance. Right. So if you have a chance to do well, you know, they're going to they're gonna jump in there with you. And so the attitude, I think, it has a lot to do with it. The willingness to share knowledge. You know, it used to be uh, the snaffle bit. Horses that didn't do quite as good for reining horses or cutting horses ended up being snaffle bit horses, but that's not the way it is anymore. They breed them to be snaffle bit horses. Yeah. And that's their goal. It isn't the other discipline that's for this. So a lot has changed in the last 20 years. As I was researching you, I I noticed that uh, I came across one article that said you began judging in 1987 and you've judged the, judged the AQHA World Show and the Road to the Horse. And I was curious as to why you became a judge. You know, when when I was a young person, I worked for a fellow named Ronnie Richards and he was the king of the trainers pretty much in Southern California and, and everybody that he looked up to and that I looked up to through him, they all, it was judging was part of our game. I mean, at that point there wasn't a snaffle bit fraternity and all these, you know, there was a cutting fraternity and a reigning fraternity, but they were kids, you know, we trained kids and stuff like that. So part of the horse scheme you you almost had to be a judge to be a part of what was going on with the whole horse industry in our in our part of it. So uh-huh. uh, you know, horse training was a lot of parts, and that was a a main part. You get involved with the the committees and the Pacific Coast or whatever. You were always involved because you had to help direct the direct you know had you had to help with the direction that it all went and you had to fight for these horse shows to make sure they kept going and you so you could you know you could be a part of the horse industry and make a living so and and judging was part of that were you showing at the same time oh yeah yeah you i was a youth you know i started when i was you know 15 oh, wow. and uh, you know i'm 77 
So it's been a it's been a ride, you know, and it's it's always been horses with me. It's it's not just a I have I didn't just show up and decided I was going to be a trainer <laughs> or a judge or what, you know, I I worked at the Los Alamitos racetrack before I was, you know, when I was 12. You know, so I I've been and I, you know, I helped saddle the rent horses when I was, you know, 8, you know, down there at the flood control and stuff so I, I horses have been all i've ever done you know and it's been a it's been a, a pleasurable ride for me it's been a great life you know it's not it's not the money at all because it isn't there as much but it, it's the life itself that's been so rewarding for me and right now with this position that i've had for the last 20 years or so I'm, I love to, you know, we have, you know, Bobby Ingersoll, who's a, is a hero Mm -hmm. and a legend is going to be judging here and he's going to be here with me. And I'm going to, I have the privilege of being Smokey Pritchett, you know, uh, Andy Adams is a big, he's going to probably, you know, he's a, he's a monitor with the National Cutting Horse Association. Sandy Collier is one of our judges and she puts on these lifestyle seminars with Barbara Schulte they're all judges here and I I feel so honored to be I'm I'm the coach of this team you know and it it, and I I learn as much from them as they do from me for sure (laughs) but I enjoy the this part of my life with the, the horses and and I've got to see all the horses evolve and all the the young trainers uh the ones that are you know they had this uh, fence work challenge there along with the millionaire right reigning thing at the south point you know well all of those 15 guys i've seen or gals two gals you know and the guys they I've, I've seen them all kind of start and you know when they work for people and all that stuff and see them come up and now they're the top 15 and, and i mean that makes me proud I to know them and be part be part of it yeah it's fun you yeah. know so yeah, yeah, I bet that's amazing watching people grow for as long as you've done it. What is the state of judges in in the horse show world? Are there enough? Are you always looking for more? Or well, the problem you ha- the problem that we have, and I'm involved with monitoring. I help uh, monitor the AQHA World Shows. Uh, you know, like Patty Carter is the director of judges, and I and I help her monitor on my events which are you know cow horse roping raining you know that kind of stuff so uh-huh. cutting and that's i'm more of a cow horse kind of guy so and so most of the people don't incorporate judging and they're so immersed in training and the horse show world that they have the I think the ones that have a bigger picture, they judge a little bit, but a lot of like at the quarter horse world show, a lot of them, that's what their whole year along journey is, is to qualify for the world show. And so they have to go, they can't judge. Right. So it's just like with us, there's some good, really good young judges that need to judge a little bit. And I have trouble getting them to judge because they have to go to the major events and show that's their business. Once in a while, they maybe the horse doesn't do it or they get a chance, but it's, I want to incorporate youth along with our knowledge and experience. So, 
so they can so when we all step back they can step in Right. And it's hard to get them to do that because they're so involved in showing and the money's in the showing. It's not in judging's hard work. It takes, um, it takes focus and all that. And, and, you know, we have some young guys that are really good judges. They haven't judged. People don't judge like I have where you've had a, you've had a quarter horse card. That's when I got my quarter horse card in 87 but I'd been judging before that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I've judged Kralsha, I've judged everything you can judge, but I learned, you know, you have to learn how to judge like you do learn how to do anything else. Right. And the only way you do that is to do it. So when I got to be a quarter horse judge, Don Dodge was a big influence for me and he was a big cutting horse, cow horse guy. And he was involved with a lot of the workings of cutting horse associations and stuff like that. So he says, you should get a quarter horse card because you have to learn how to judge all these different events and you get to be a better judge. So that that's the reason I jumped in with a quarter horse and I'm glad I did. It's been an eye opener, but getting back, backing up a little bit, our youth, our younger judges, don't they don't they don't usually do that because they're too busy so they Mm -hmm. they judge the cow horses and they know what they're looking for and all that and they get to be good coward but they really haven't judged very much you know in in all things right it makes it harder for them to go out by themselves on a you know on a weekend show by themselves they have then they learn how to judge not when i'm here because i know how to do it and i can lead them and help them mm-hmm. not with their scores but in the process of judging you know the the looks and and how come this and that and why is this a penalty and that isn't and who's right and who's wrong and all that so that's where that's where my expertise my long you know lifelong journey has taken me i know about i know about reviews and i know about groups you know there's a lot to being on my position you have to learn how to operate with people that not get them on the defense and not right personalities don't mean anything i look at it as a team you know a team approach we're a, we're a team and we, and when somebody misses one the team picks it up for them so in the five judge system don't you don't have to go commit suicide or Harry Carey because you missed one score, you know? right? So because the team, the team picks it up for you. I'm huge team guy. I I want them to throw in with the team approach. It's not about them. It's about the team. And if they're a good teammate, the whole team works good. And we haven't missed a winner in a long, long time, All right. really. And that that's that's a big. You know, we're giving a lot. Of, there's a hundred and some thousand given away here, yeah. you know, just to the women. And we haven't missed one, you know, in a long time. And that, that really is something, you know, as a team, you know, so it works. And when you, when you say missed one, do you, do you remember one show where you might've, where you missed one? Me personally, or the whole team? The whole team. No, I, I don't really, you know, if, if they missed the only time was a, it was a penalty call and I'm not even going to say which deal it was, was it a penalty or wasn't it? It, it? And when I say miss, I don't call a miss 
did you have them first or second? You know, that kind of thing. I I call a miss. You had the eighth place horse first. That's a miss. Or you had the first or the first place horse eighth. That's a miss. Not switching first and second. Usually in reality, there's two or three standouts. If you have any of those three, you didn't miss anything. You know, your 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 opinion comes into into valid use a little bit. And you know, opinions should be based on facts. Then you have a little bit of opinion. So so it, it's worth something, but it isn't, you know, the old saying, you might not like it, but that's my opinion. You know, I'm entitled <laughs> to opinion. Only if it's based on facts. Yeah. If it's not based on facts, your opinion doesn't mean much to me. It's, it's no more than an opinion. Yeah. It might be wrong. So, so within those top three horses, you know, the consensus says this horse won, but you might have had him second. That's not a miss. You know, as long as you have those top ones where they're supposed to in the top, that then you get a then that's your opinion. You like the looks of this one better. He used his ears better. He did something. You liked him better, so you're entitled to that. Yeah. You know, but within within a reason. See. So. Right. In today's world, how difficult is it for a person to become a judge? What's that process like? Number one, you have to be interested and passionate about judging and things like that. You find out you are a little bit. You you need to go go judge a 4-H shows and stuff like that where it doesn't. You don't need a credential so much. You just kind of take interest in it, in horses and stuff like that. So then then you go to seminars, you know. And there's lots of podcasts and materials and where you can get interested in in judging and what are they looking at and you know you you watch shows you go to shows you see and you you know it's all judging is always a topic you know because there's only one winner yeah (laughs) so so then you go well gee they miss it and you go really you know let's look at the video you know and you know we've developed score sheets that should match the video and so you say, yeah, you know, you had a great first turn, yeah, on the fence. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I got it right here on the sheet, you know, but your second turn was no good at all. Did you forget that one? Yeah, you did, because you only remember the good part. So, <laughs> so anyway, so so then if you're interested, you know, we have seminars throughout the United States each year on the cow horse and sometimes, you know, and the quarter horse they rely a lot on i'm on the judges committee also with the quarter horse and we rely a lot on experience and if they if they've judged anything or if they've you know they got a paint horse card also and they're interested in judging and and they come to these seminars and they watch and pretty soon they'll take the test you know and what what's really interesting on in the quarter horses there's you know there's like 33 disciplines you have to judge that's why yeah. you have to be a good judge and you can't be a expert at all of them you know it's just like me i've judged the congress and stuff like that and they they have me judging the working hunter and i and i'm not a working hunter guy but i had to study it to get my card and stuff and so i think can i do this and do it to where I can stand up to what I do, you know, can I, can I right. back up my, my placings? And, and I thought, well, sure I can. I'm a horse guy. I've been a horse guy. I'm a lot. I can do this. I, I know the rules. I know what a horse is supposed to act like and do things like. And so, 
So I, I just try and get the top five the same as the experts. Not in the, the expert, usually they'll have something that they see that I don't see because that isn't my expertise. But mm-hmm. but but I'd almost, I, I bet this one lady, I said, I'll tell you what, I might not have them in the same order, but I bet you I have the, t- I, I have the top five in there. Yeah, and she said, "I'm not going. I'm not going to take your bet." <laughs> and I did. I did. I had the top. It wasn't the same as hers, but I had the top five, so I could see the good horses. I know about horses, so that's the way I looked at it, you know. And then some things you're you're more you have more expertise at, and you're supposed to get them in a in a uh, a better order. So right. Well, and I was watching YouTube videos from, they have some great videos about the judge's perspective where you show a run and you've got the judge talking uh, underneath. And one of the ones, or three of them that I watched from you were senior heading and healing. And I always just thought those were timed events. And, but they're, but you judge the horses. Is that just at the yes. the world show, or where was that? Yeah, court. It's a quarter horse judged quarter horse roping class. Those are those are really hard because they go so fast. Yeah, know? and so, but it's such a challenge. And and I, in my older life, I've gotten to where I like to rope more. So I, I've I've get into the roping more than I ever have, and so. It's fun and it's hard and you have to kind of know what you're looking for and where the horse is supposed to be because all these ropers are so good that they can rope them no matter if the horse is in the correct position or not. So you have to know what, where that horse is supposed to be and how much he's doing on his own versus, you know, the ropers are good hands, most of them, so they can put them where they need them, even if the horse doesn't know where he's going. You follow me? Yeah. Because you got to tie down. You can operate them pretty good. And then they rope them so good, and you, they'll, they'll fool you. You know, they're, some of those horses are green, and they act like they're old horses because the ropers themselves are such good hands, and they rope so well. So you have to you have to be careful with that and know what you're looking for. And, and then factor in all the degree of difficulty and all that stuff. And so it... It's a fun. It, it's fun to judge roping. I, I like to judge roping. So, but it, it's a. It changes constantly. The horses getting better. The the more they do on their own, of course, the the harder it is. And the, and if they can do it, it should be rewarded more because they do mm-hmm. it on their own. Because that means they know what they're doing and they had it done more than once. So, do they get a score on time then on horsemanship as well? Well, no, no, no. It's most. It's on the quarter horse level, it's just strictly uh, judged. It's it's form is what it is, and no time at, like at the world shows. Now they have maturities that they have a formula, and they they not they time it and judge it, and then they have a formula where they mix them both together, and that's how you get your winners. Yeah. So, which is which is pretty good. You know, that's a that's a pretty good way. I'm not so sure it isn't a better way. Because some people go real fast and lose their form. So it's not as good for us. Roping was fashioned after it's a timed event. You know, right. the fastest time wins the roping, you know. <laughs> so we we change it to to the form, which is good because it's a place to show horses and you don't have to go so fast to win. 
but it's really fashioned over time. So now, to me, the best run are the ones that go fast, plus they keep their uh, their form. So right. it's half rodeo run and half form. So that's what I'm looking for, because t- speed uh, creates degree of difficulty. It's harder for a horse to go fast and do it right than it is to go slow and do it right. So if he can do them both, he should get rewarded more because it's more difficult. See? So Fascinating. And yeah, and I, you know, I'm at a level far, far away from where you are right now. But I do some ranch riding shows. What are some of the the common mistakes that you might see riders do at that level? Yeah, it's something that maybe they might improve upon quite easily. I think probably I really am an advocate of positive judging. But, you know, good judging is you see the good and you see the not so good and you factor that together, you know, so so then you come up with a score that covers the good and the not so good. And usually in horse show events, there's some things that are really good that a horse does and some things that you don't like so good. And it isn't one or the other that you're you're going to your final score. It should be the the combination of the two and where does the number where does the number go that kind of fits both scenarios on the same run when a guy figures that out he he starts being a pretty good judge because you not only you're not prejudiced to the good or prejudiced to the bad you see the whole thing and you factor in both scenarios and then you come up with a number that that kind of covers them both and you say oh that's close enough you know so what i see on the ranch riding or you know i'm a big one for keeping the purpose of this class uh in tow all the time we don't want horses that aren't good uh at horsemanship anymore go in here and and i'm not saying it bad but so sometimes a horse's ears you know uh show that they're they're not happy anymore with the horse show events or whatever or their mm-hmm. tail or their heads are too low or, you know, all that stuff that's out the door. This is a whole different discipline scenario. This is for horses that, that, that you don't need a $25,000 saddle and a hundred thousand dollar horse to think you can compete here. You might need, uh, you know, as it goes up, there's horses, I think in the ranch riding that are worth that kind of money. They are, I mean, they're just, but they've got good ears. They move well. They're forward moving. They're they're happy. They're right. bright. They they pack a bit good. They do all these things that are so enlightening. And and these people don't need to have all the silver and all that stuff. And they put their chinks on. And it's a whole different discipline. It's so refreshing. And that's why the growth is so big. Yeah. Is that. They don't, they don't, you know, they can't, maybe they can't afford those kind of horses. You know, back in the day when I was a young man, trail got to be the trail classes. It was about obstacles. And so you could go and for the person that didn't have a lot of money, they could go get a horse that, that was a good obstacle horse, but he didn't move real well, but he was really good on the obstacles and they could win some stuff because it went over the obstacles good but it didn't move it then they involved movement into the trail classes 
you know, it had to not only do the obstacles well, but it had to move like a, a high, a high class pleasure horse. It took all of those people without, it took them away. They, right. they couldn't afford that horse anymore. See, so it changed. Well, the ranch riding is for horses. It gives them a different purpose. Number one, they give it, they get the freedom of movement. They don't need to be so collected. There's no jog in there. It's trot, you know, and stuff like that. And, and they have to extend gates and their heads have to be up. You don't see any horse on a ranch with their head down between their knees. Right. It just, they'll kill, you'll kill somebody, you know, you, you, <laughs> exactly. can't, you, know, you, you gotta, you gotta look where you're going and, you know, see the scenery. So getting back to your question, what do they do wrong? I think, you know, the little things you can improve on, uh, the, the things that I could be improved on is their transitions, where they, you know, get a little more closer to where they're supposed to make the transitions. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's important. It isn't so much the transition itself, but where you do it, you know, get your locations a little bit better. That's an easy one. If it says walk for uh, quite a ways before you go over the logs, don't walk one step before you go over the logs. Give us a walk. You know, let us see your walk. You know, uh-huh. that let us see the gates. It's like, to me, the one of the hardest parts of judging is when you're in an extended lope and you collect the lope. They don't collect them but two strides. I don't. Sometimes you, you go, did he collect them or didn't he? Did he miss a gate there? Did they... Did they do that maneuver like they were supposed to? I want to see them collect them. If you if you want big credit for me and you want a big number for that maneuver, I want to see that happen. I want to see them collect that load. Right. You know, more than more than a stride or two. Most of the time they can't is the reason they just break down to the trot or whatever the next maneuver is because their horse tells on them when they pick up the bridle reins their horse doesn't respond like they should. So they just forget that and kind of go to the next gate and hope you won't hope you forget it too, (laughs) as a judge, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but, but that's the hard, that's, that's one of the hardest ones is, is to collect the lope from a, from a pretty good, you know, you don't have to run away, but you know, on an extended lope or an extended trot, you don't have to go 950 miles an hour. You just have to show that he can do that. He can do that comfortably on a loose rein. And then when you pick him up, that he, he gives back. And you, But you got to give us enough to make a degree of difficulty if you want a, a big credit earning score, too. So, yeah. Is that... <laughs> lots, to, lots to look at, you know. There are. And it's sometimes as a writer, you know, I'm out there in the arena going, I bet he. I hope he didn't see that. Well, I'm the only one out there in the arena. There's one guy, and his job is to watch me. I'm sure uh, he's got a scribe, so he doesn't have to look down to write anything. I, I don't know where I come up with the concept that maybe he didn't see that because he does see that. So it's kind of they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, There's a lot. That's our job. It's a mile a minute. That class is, takes a lot of focus. It's intense because there's so many maneuvers, to, you know, usually 12 or 13 maneuvers. And, and the minute you get done with one, you look up and the next one's coming in. So it's it's a real concentrate. I mean, when you get done 
watching 125 of those you, you need a break <laughs> just, just get your mind unscrambled a little bit I, uh, one last thing before we go but you mentioned positive judging were you describing that then or is that something different when you say a positive no judge. i i think i think some people you know are higher scores some people are lower scores some people are more penalty oriented you know, or hunting, uh, a little bit hunting for penalties is, you know, did he skip, you know, did he break or didn't he, you know, if I can't tell, you know, a positive judge for me is one that looks for the good in the horse. And, you know, you're always looking for that. And if something happens, that's a penalty. If it blows out at me, it's a penalty. If it doesn't, I take it in the maneuver. That's what I call positive. judge. I don't, I'm not quick to penalize when I'm not sure if it was or not. So right. positive judging, I think a lot of a lot of our disciplines have gotten so penalty oriented that you forget about giving them. They don't. They they can't get past a plus one on credit, and plus one's pretty good, but that's as high as they ever go, you know. And there is such a thing as a plus one and a half on, on for credit, you know, right. for maneuver scores, and, and a one and a half to me is. When I say, you know, I don't know how a horse could do that any better than that. That's a plus one and a half. That's not a plus one anymore. That's a plus one and a half. If you can't figure out a way that that horse would do that maneuver any better, it's a plus one and a half, and you should reward that. So you can't just keep holding them back and then looking for penalties. That's not positive judging. So I'm a great one for, I, I think we've overdone the penalties a little bit. And underdone the real quality of, uh, are you a good judge? Do you know about horses or not? That's what I want to know. If you do, you know about when it's hard, what they're doing is really hard and they made it look easy. And so you don't give them enough. That's bad judging to me. If you, if something really hard and they make it look really easy and you only give them a plus half, you're not a very good judge in my opinion. You're not, you're not a positive enough for me. Right. You should recognize that, how hard that is and how easy he makes. It's like roping. You get out there and you're running 9-0 and he makes the corner and you're judging the heel run and he does it on a loose rein and he parks his old and you can't see and he makes it look so easy and you plus half that. You, you, you're wrong. You gotta, <laughs> that, I mean, that was so difficult what he just did and made it look so easy and you don't give him enough credit. Uh-uh, I'm not on your side. You need to learn more right. How about that. Huh? That's very cool. Anyway, uh, you get me on a tirade here. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, it's really eye opening for me because I've just been on the writing side of it. Yeah. And I judged, I, I was a, a umpire in my early days. I, at tennis matches, you know, and, uh, you know, after the match or even during the match, you know, at, especially at youth uh, tournaments, yeah, I'd have parents yelling at me for all kinds of reasons. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm not sure I want to do this. That's why I think your job is, is so important is that there are guys like you that are out there doing it. And you know, that the, you're in, protecting the integrity of the sport that you're judging in and you're keeping the standards high and i just really appreciate that well it's meaningful you know but it's it goes with sports 
you know, when you're a referee, you're different than the people that are playing. And, and you know, they have emotions and they get excited and they have buildups on their performance. And so I don't pay, I don't, I don't want to watch them when they get done and their scores lower than they thought. And they give you a dirty, look. I don't want to, I, I think I give them a lot of that, even though I, I'm not, I'm, I don't know how much that does, but I, I, I know that there's, um, what do they call it? There's a, uh, you know, there's an emotional attachment right when you're done. To, so, right. so you have to be careful that you're not so critical of them because it's just, there's so much built and so hard and the pressure, but I, but, but I always tell the judges when we start, I said, you know, you don't, you won't realize this, but this is true. There's us six, the, the five judges and myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, and there's them, them being everybody else. And I said, when this thing is over after two weeks or 20 days or whatever this thing is, you're going to be glad there's us and because there's going to be them. All your friendships and all that are out the door for <laughs> this little this little time, you know, because you've got to call it fairly and consistently. And you've got to you can't think, well, he's my friend and I stable with him most of the time and all that. I'm going to do that. You can't do that. Can't do it. So you have because it's not fair to everybody else. And it ends up, and they always go, you know, I thought you were full of bull, but you're not. That's true, because your <laughs> friends give you dirty looks. And, you know, it's the, the thrill, the heat of the battle. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they can't control their emotions. And, you know, I, I think that most judges are, are, it's hard to be a good judge, and it's, it's hard to be a fair judge and a consistent judge. And I want them to respect us as much as we respect them. We respect their horsemanship, their abilities, and I want them to respect how much we worked at being fair with our scores. And that's the part that I that that gets me sometimes because they have to go through me to get to them. You know, the people that that have problems right. with the judges, and so when I'm there, they have to go through me, and they don't want to, they don't want much to do with me, <laughs> when, because if the truth is known, I know more about judging than most of them do. So right. I know the ins and outs and all that kind of stuff. So we're doing our best. We're if it isn't right, we'll sit down and we'll watch videos till we get it right, and we're trying as hard as we can. And we know they are, and we want them to respect us just like we respect them. And I think that's fair. Well, that's great. Well, I, I've learned a lot, Bill, and I really appreciate you taking time out of this, your schedule and hope you have a great snaffle bit futurity. We will. Yeah, we will. We got a good group here, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be enlightening, and we'll you know, my goal is always the same with judging at events is when we leave, we're better than when we came, you know, and that's what I strive for. That's my motto. When we, when we leave the judging deal, we're better judges. We see, as my mother used to always say, you want to see it with clearer eyes. She was a school teacher and that's what we try and do, you know, see it with clearer eyes. That's awesome. Was there any, was there anything else you wanted to add? I, we covered a lot of stuff there. Oh yeah. Well, I think the one thing that that I see in the ranch riding that can be improved is, you know, every part of the country bridles. Uh, I come from bridle, what they call bridle horse country in the West Coast. You know, where you have 
uh, Spanish style bits and mm-hmm. stuff where a lot of other parts of the country, they bridle them up with stiff bits or Buster Welch type bits, you know, different kind. And so sometimes our judges don't know how to handle a horse that isn't been bridled up the way we expect them to be. And Bobby Ingersoll writes in, in our cow work deal in the, he, he writes the best sentence that says, the horse should exhibit a smooth willingness to do his job. He should respond to a light rain and show good manners in his face and body. That is a beautiful statement right there. And Mm -hmm. I think with the ranch riding, what could be improved is the way horses pack the bit a little bit, you know, not all of them, but Mm -hmm. some of them, when they pull on them, they don't necessarily have to give their head down, but they have to respond to it either by slowing down, dropping their chin a little bit and slowing down or giving to that bridle a little bit. And that, to me, that shows, uh, time, patience, and correct training methods. So if you said what could be improved, that could be improved for me. Very cool. Just in general. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm going to work on that because my horse is doing a little bit of what you talked about and not doing it very well. It's important. It's an important part. If you rush them into it, properly ready for it, Mm -hmm. that's what you get. And as long as the reins are loose, you don't know that. But the minute you pick up on them, they tell on themselves. Yeah. That's part of it. Cool. That's my two cents, John. (laughs) I appreciate it, Bill. I really do. I didn't mean to do all the talking, but that's what happens with Uh, me. (laughs) You know what? And people want to hear your knowledge. They don't want to hear what I have to say. That's why I bring the experts on like you. You know, people say, you're so passionate about, you know, what I give these seminars. And I say, you can tell that? And they go, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I go, well, I guess I am because I think I am. But, you know, I'm for the horse. I'm for the positive. And I want to promote that. You know, that's my journey. And that's my mission, I guess. That's what I try and bring out is the positives. You you do a great job of that. And I'm in Bakersfield, (laughs) and you're at Paso Robles when you're home, so you're not that far away. I hope I can get a chance to meet you. Yeah, me too, John. Nice to talk to you. I better get going. Bye. That will do it for this episode. I love talking to Bill. His enthusiasm and passion for horses is infectious. I imagine being a horse show judge is a thankless job at times. After all, there's only one winner and a bunch of disappointed competitors. You have to really love horses to keep judging as long as Bill has. To see the show notes with links and photos, go to woepodcast.com. If you would like to share a story or experience about your horse or suggest a guest, let's hear it. Send an email to John at woepodcast.com or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under the name Woe Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Stay safe and healthy. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast with your friends and riding buddies. Until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.